prints that prints really cool. I like that. Dude, she's so good. Yeah, she she does awesome. She just posted a video of this big mural she's doing. That was man, really that cool. thing is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole wall. I'd like to get her to do a life size uh, of Prometheus, our caveman guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I bet. She, would, how fucking cool would that I bet be? She could, dude. Like with like details and stuff. Yeah. Because the way we have that art, it just it's supposed to look like a cave drawing, mm-hmm. like a caveman, like paint with his fingers kind yeah. of thing. Okay. Yeah. But if you did a real life, like, all right, that's really what this motherfucker looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's yeah. that's what we did. This is Kronos, and we were thinking about, like, Greek gods and stuff, and I have this weird obsession with time and, like, time management. I, I like to – I also like to pick other people's brains who do a lot to see how they fit the fucking time to do it. We were it's, just talking about that yesterday on the – rolling around town. Yeah. It's yeah. – and, like, me, I'm, I'm a – pretty busy guy but i've seen people who have way more to do than i do and somehow they fit the time in between the family the jobs the the extracurriculars like a podcast or whatever it is yeah and i'm always kind of enamored by like how the hell do they manage the time to give their wife what they need the kids what they need the job what they need it's so anyways that's the time thing we were talking about greek gods and I think somehow what they, I think somehow how that happens is it's uh, it's got to do with saturation. Mm. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's like all right, you know where you're needed for a good chunk of time, and you know that it's going to take energy from other things that are important in your life, but you're going to like just hyper saturate that thing, mm-hmm. like you know, put all the water in that sponge that you possibly can, and get back to those other things before that those energy sources like totally dry up, and then just going dump mm-hmm. energy into that thing i think a lot of it's got to do with just being present yeah you know yeah yeah it's a it's a battle for for me sometimes like especially since we started doing this because a thing like the podcast right now and especially when we started it's a hobby it's a hobby we're doing it's for fun well if you treat it like that that's how people will tune in and yes you know yes if if, if people aren't feeling like some crazy level of intensity mm-hmm. and they're seeing that you guys are having fun that's that's what people want to see, and, and, and that's, that they're, you know, getting something else out of it that they yeah. wouldn't normally get. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of why we wanted it to give us an excuse to talk to cool fucking people, pick people's brains, and but it being, you know, almost like a job we're not getting paid for. Yeah, it's hard to validate taking the time away from my kids and my wife sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, you're a married man, you know, the wife probably sees it the same way. Like, what, yeah. what are you doing? But she's been super supportive of it i mean she, it was her idea to build this little studio and stuff like that so it's been good but time management man that's so that's why we got that because that's where also father time comes from yeah that's, that's very cool yeah that yeah. was our other idea too though actually it was funny was prometheus mm-hmm. because i bring it up probably on every podcast you know yeah. because like growing up i went to a private school when i was really young and obviously like a religious family to bring up prometheus or anything of the apocrypha is like sacrilegious right right like it's all bullshit king james said so you mm-hmm. know when he rearrange the bible and it's like yeah but prometheus is a really cool fucking idea man yeah. like if it if any of that's true which i don't care if, it's really hand wavy but at the same time it's a neat idea like you had this genetic engineer who came down and was able to use their dna code to make another species you know whether or not we're a slave species or not or it's just a science project prometheus is a really cool fucking idea mm-hmm. you know it's it might be you know I don't know. It's just a cool idea, though. Yeah, yeah. That uh, was, that's that's where we did this the spinoff of that with uh, with our caveman character Prometheus. Oh, there you go. Oh, so he's, <laughs> he's Promete. He's Promete for short because we're Promete. Yeah. yeah, and so that's his nickname. But 
we've come up with uh, the legend of Prometheus, and we'll be publishing that like within our different media sites and things. Oh, awesome! In the next few months, that's basically the story of like how did the first human being consumed seared flesh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because there's ideas. Like it's interesting. I've seen those. You've probably seen them too. Those vegan documentaries on Netflix. We're like, see our, the way our teeth were designed. We didn't eat meat. It's like, hey, motherfucker, this is a very biased concept because there's also ev- high amounts of evidence of, oh, people started eating meat and then their IQs raised at a significant amount and you had homo sapiens, right? It increased a frontal lobe process or something like that. I mean, they said it was probably related to fish originally. It's like, okay, so feet, so we were eating meat a long time ago. And what's all this about? We were plant-eating motherfuckers. Well, all, the, you know, all those like, documentaries, they're... Any documentary, they have a, a storyline to stick to, and they they try right. to make you believe in what they believe in. Yeah, like that's what the health or what is that the one you're talking about? Like is what the health was yeah. that was that super? Yeah, that my my yeah. wife watched that when it first came out, yeah. and I get home from work and she's like, "I think I need to stop eating meat." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "And I'm not drinking milk anymore either." I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah, and she tells me, "I'm like." Like how, that that thing's been so debunked. Yeah, he so, was like, "Did and, you know that meat causes diabetes, not sugar?" Yeah, I talked to a doctor that said so. Like, no, dude, because you can measure immediately what sugar is doing to your endocrine system. Well, most of the studies that meat. say it causes that meat causes cancer and diabetes or any of that. That's inflammation. The meat they're general. eating usually is fucking cheeseburgers with fries and a milkshake and all that, and they're doing these studies. It's fake meat, dude. It's yeah, yeah it's. So yeah. my my opinion in general, like I don't really care what people eat. Mm-hmm. Like, do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, we do live in America. If you yep. want to eat, you know, salads your whole life and feel like shit, go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm into the beef thing and the and the meat thing in general. We do beef, pork, elk, and bison. Mm-hmm. And we we do that because that's what we all like to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and. uh gives us the opportunity to have a bunch of extra meat at the ranch in case something bad were to happen yeah and there's all kinds of people that think the way we do mm-hmm. and they're stocking up their freezers and they're ordering meat and they're feeling good consuming it and it makes us feel good to provide that service it's kind of like the the end result of how we want to really live our life you know mm-hmm. with the livestock and the ranch environment and the hard work and the yeah. calculated hardship and yeah well and like like you just said i mean there's there's people that think the way you do and they, there's people that think don't think that way and that's yeah. fine too yeah no, we're, we're definitely not trying to be all things to all people yeah yeah and yeah. i think that's something that's getting lost with a lot of people in especially america right now mm-hmm. is if somebody doesn't agree with you they're the fucking enemy yeah i don't and really ca- i don't really care about that like, no let, let people live their lives exactly and same like political beliefs or religious beliefs or whatever it is I can still be good friends with somebody who has completely different beliefs than me. I have friends that have different beliefs than me, and I think that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I and, don't think we're all designed to get along, you know? Mm-hmm. If you look back at how he, humans evolved, yeah. there's tribes and different sects of people and mm-hmm. different geographic regions of where people concentrated their efforts, and that's kind of how humans are designed. Yeah. You know, we're not really designed to get along with everyone. So yeah. you, you end up it's, shouldering up to people that where you have the same values and principles. And mm-hmm. and if you're lucky enough to, you know, start a business and find the people like that that share your values and your principles, it makes work a hell of a lot more fun. For yeah. sure. Well, you know, yeah. like you said, working on, you know, the ranch, you know, we are designed physically and mentally for manual labor. Yeah. And we're getting more and more away from it. And pe- we have more episodes of psychosis. 
you know, I t- I've mentioned Victor Frankl before, you know, after he's in the Holocaust, and he came out with this book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, like 1947. Yeah. You know, he's like, with more automation, we're going to see more health issues, more mental psychosis. You know, we're going to start worrying about things that are trivial. Wow. You know, like right now, everyone's just worried about what fucking gender they want to be called. It's like if you were busting your ass, having hardship and struggle every day, you would find meaning in that and you would stop giving a shit about things that really don't, aren't a very big deal on the big scope of things, yeah. you know, and you'd be a better person for it. I know a lot of people that are so pro Trump, but they work their ass off for a living and they're still supportive of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then I've met people who are very far left who sit in an office all day and they're not supportive of anybody else's ideas, you know? So I kind of see a pattern there. Like, okay, people who are doing what we're meant to do are essentially more well-rounded mentally healthy. Unless yeah. they're, you know, in a trailer park on drugs or something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, you know. We've got two sayings in our family. Um, the first one is, like, stay in your own garden. Yeah. Like, well, you got to tend to your own thing. Why Why would you try to tend to, like, they have the right to do their thing mm-hmm. the way they want. And uh, that just helps. We need to be confined. Like, a lot of times human beings overcomplicate things when they don't need to be. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. the other saying is one life per customer. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't make you change your mind. Like that's up to you. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for like um, you know, human independence and yeah. American freedom, self reliance, well, all that stuff. I actually yeah. listen, I listened to a different podcast you were a guest on before you came on here, and you were saying something on there about like leading with love. Yeah. I remember you you were talking a little bit about that, and I was like, okay, I like this fucking guy. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't remember what you guys were even talking about. Everything. <laughs> Everything. I'm trying to think what it, I think he. Oh, he brought up that you both had American flags behind you. Yeah, yeah. and and you. Well, I think we started talking about passion. Yeah, and, and if you yeah. can, if you can find a way to motivate yourself through passion, then it it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just it's just you living your life and living it the way you want, and trying to instill those values and principles in your kids, and you know, hopefully you can find a partner in life to share time with that that uh, shares those same values mm-hmm. and principles. And then if you're lucky enough to start or run a business or have any type of deeper organization, you can you can sort of sift through different people and find the ones that really you feel like your your values and your mm-hmm. principles, you know, you shoulder up with those people. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's leading with love to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I- like just pushing your life through passion. Then you're not... It's it's hard to lose motivation with that. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, I think too that even with the different beliefs and all that, we're all not that different. Yeah. You can have completely different even values than me. You can find a common ground on something with people and get along. Because like you were saying, you know, pro Trump people who are one way, you know, but I know pro Trump people and liberals that are bad on each sides too. So it's like you can find good in anybody. I think. <clears throat> Maybe not anybody. There might be some. I straight think one thing we can all have in but... common is like ha- you know make an effort to be kind to people. Uh, Kindness, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know? I I agree a hundred percent. But I'm I'm not like some crazy <clears throat> like I'm not burning incense and all hippy dippy in our <laughs> yeah. house. But you know it's just yeah. pretty simple stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People I, people take that too far sometimes with that whole they want to call themselves spiritual, but you can be spiritual without having to be in excess of that. Because you can find the person who's been, who's read the most books and, you know, the shit that, you know, the Beatles were pushing and all that. And are they any different when you see them in person? Not really. They're not so enlightened that they're just like awe-inspiring because they're still a person and it hasn't really done a lot for them. 
um, more than what you can get by just being present, like you were saying, and showing compassion for other people, you know, and you don't have to push astrology on everybody because mm-hmm. it's bullshit anyway. You know, like, oh, you're a Taurus, Kevin. That's why you're intense. You know, that's why I, we don't get along. Dude, yeah. That's what we, that's what I hear that all the time. You're so intense when you do things. And because I just focus and I like obsess on one thing at a time and do really well at it usually. It's like, oh, because you're a Taurus. Like, no, it's because that's who the fuck I am. It has nothing to do with the positions of the stars. And I hate hearing that considering that I'm about to graduate with astrophysics emphasis. It's like, I know better. Like, you don't have, don't tell me your bullshit signs when I fucking know better. They call me a Taurus. Like, you know, it's, I hate that stuff, but yeah, anyway, sorry, but (laughs) (laughs) I hear too much. So I, so I want to kind of hear your story on why you started your company and how that happened. Cause you were in real estate and stuff before that, correct? Yeah. Construction, real estate. Yep. And how, how old were you when you decided you wanted to get into ranching? Um, well, that whole ecosystem, that whole lifestyle is deeply ingrained in who I am Mm -hmm. and that, that, that type of self-reliance and that, you know, willingness to work hard and get up early, stay up late, you know, that saturation thing that we were talking about Mm -hmm. a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a huge part of who I am as a person. And, and that's sometimes people, you didn't grow up ranching. Like, how did you, I'm like, well, maybe not, but I've, I did a lot of other things in my life that, that put me in a position to make that, life change if you want to even call it that i don't feel like my life changed that much we just have you know four-legged employees running all over the property at this mm-hmm. point you know <laughs> so um we we're just i was in a position in my life based on the the different experiences and things that i did on purpose you know not by accident mm-hmm. i made a deliberate choice to do all the things i did in my life and it got us to a point where it really made sense so as as we started to you know, buy larger pieces of property, being kind of a contingency planner and a self-reliant type of guy, we we started to kind of build out that compound. And part of building out the compound was to get livestock and, mm-hmm. you know, honor the land. And, you know, we wanted to build a house in, in one of the main pastures and, uh, and subdivide the other pastures and build a bunch of other houses and make a ton of money. But we fell in love with the, the idea of living that lifestyle. So we're like, all right, we're not going to mess with this right now. We're going to put our house plans on hold and we're just going to dive headfirst into what does it take to run this property, you know, and, mm-hmm. and honor the land and honor the process of, you know, Western Colorado yeah. and growing hay and irrigating and, you know, getting dirty. That's one of our kind of one of our mottos with Mountain yeah. Primals, like get dirty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like, don't be afraid to get outside, spend extra time, get a little sunburn, get yeah. dirt on your finger. No, it's healthy, man. Well, no, it's, the, it's, that's wild too that, that, you know, you had the plan to subdivide and all that. And then that's, it just kind of naturally turned into what you're doing now. Yeah. Cause I think people romanticize the idea of the cowboy lifestyle, the ranching lifestyle. And then when they get into it, they're like, what the hell? This is dirty. Yeah. This is hard work. And well, and it didn't, the whole thing didn't happen overnight. So like, you know, when you're building a business, let's say we take take my uh, construction business, for example, like at first you don't have a skid steer and you, and you don't have a forklift and you don't have scaffolding and you don't have concrete mixers and all the hand tools and all the carpentry stuff and the trailers to haul it around with and the dually truck to, you know, get lumber. And 
but after a period of years where you're you're putting everything you got into that business before you know it you got all you've accumulated all this stuff mm -hmm. through your successful business model mm -hmm. and we basically treated the ranch project that same way you know we started with one thing and then you know the the necessity of the seasons made a you know it, it made it necessary to buy the next piece and to to dive into the next learning process and the learning phases you know we started the thing in uh in 2012 and we we didn't sell our first piece of meat until 2015 so mm, yeah took a good long while i mean dude you gotta eat shit for a while yeah to get good at and it and i know that i'm yeah. i'm good at that part <laughs> yeah i'm like all right there's no way in hell that i can manage somebody doing that if i've never done it myself so yeah. i'll do every facet of it myself until i figure out like okay my time is better spent somewhere else so we can continue to perpetuate the success of the business yeah yeah and so, so that's one of the things we've talked about a few times is like discussing how like we've kind of come to some answers, I guess, but how to like, for instance, because when you're starting a business, you're learning something new, you got to eat shit for a while and you learn the process and you can build these things. But say once it's handed off to somebody else and they start with all that, how do they have the same character development? Like how do your kids become an essence, not you, but learn a lot of stuff that you've gone through. If it's given to them, like how can you provide, the struggle for them in a healthy way, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at building a business. I mean, I don't really talk about my personal life or my business life. It's just my life. Mm -hmm. You know, people are like, Oh, you don't miss mix business with pleasure. I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's, I just live my life. Like I don't, I don't try to separate if I've got personal work to do or we've got a few other businesses too, or if I'm like, all right, I got to work on this business today or that business tomorrow. It's just, I just, spread out all the things that I need to do. I've got like two or three tables in my office and I just spread my workload out and then prioritize and figure out how to get it done, get it all done. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, th I think really, you know, diving into how do you, how do you teach the kids? I mean, you can't just throw them in the deep end at first, you know, they got to start with the little inflatable water wings yeah, and yeah, then they mm -hmm. got the kick paddle and then you throw them off the diving board, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like training wheels. So, the same is true for a business. You have to really start with a, a solid foundation. That comes almost before that. Like what's underneath the concrete of the foundation? Like do you have even more solid footing underneath that? And then you slowly start building that that business structure or organizational structure off of that foundation. Because once you've got the foundation there, if something's wrong with it, it's really hard to tear the business apart or the organization apart and get back down to the bottom. And now you're going backwards and everybody mm -hmm. that's demoralizing to the employees, the management, the customers, everybody. Yeah. So if yeah. you get that bottom layer, you know, really go slow at that, at that moment. And then you're like, all right, we're set. Mm -hmm. Now we, all we got to do is go this way and this way and up and you can, you can just exponentially grow from that point if you got a solid foundation. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from um, just like the business and organizational theory and, you know, what are what are your core principles at work? What are your core principles at life? Mm -hmm. If your core principles at work and in life gel really well, then you shouldn't have any issues with crossover. And you mm -hmm. can just kind of live your life, business, business life, personal life, whatever, you just live based on those principles and you start to slowly instill, you know, water wings, kickboard, mm -hmm. throw the kids in the end of the pool. You slowly start instilling those, uh, those different disciplines of, of those principles into the organization. And it just becomes part of the entire ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. 
So well, it's kind of cool too. What watching your guys' company from the outside, you guys are using social media, which I think especially in like the ranching cowboy people don't use social media. Yeah. But well, now, and we didn't for a long time. But nowadays, you kind of have to if yeah. you want to have a successful business. It's it's a it's a big help. And that that piece of it was uh was almost by accident too because I I really felt like I don't I get super focused on what I'm doing and I'm I'm not the type of guy to like pull my phone out mm, and start taking same. videos and taking pictures and like, "Oh, stop what you're doing. Move move to the left. Yeah. Snap, you know." Yeah, yeah. That's not me. So and one of our principles is like identify your weaknesses and don't focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths as mm-hmm. an organization. Like if you if you suck at something, like just that's okay. Find somebody else that's good at it. Yeah. And concentrate on the things that you're good at mm-hmm. and don't beat yourself up about like try to improve, but just face it. Be yeah. like, all right, I suck at that part. So but it's still an important part of what we're doing here. So then you'd find somebody else to step in there and, mm-hmm. and pick up the slack. So one of the things, the social media stuff for us um, was kind of born out of necessity because I felt like we were losing a lot of these really cool things that we were going through because we weren't taking pictures, we weren't taking videos. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to be able to show this stuff to my kids someday, like my grandkids yeah. someday when I'm dead and gone. You know, I think back to, you know, things that happened with my grandparents, my, my grandfathers especially grandmothers too i guess but thinking more about like some of the super historic stuff that happened with my grand my two grandfathers and um i'd give anything to see a video of them talking about yeah you know some of the stuff they went through mm-hmm. in, in the old days or having more pictures or just just b-roll just mm-hmm. like goof reels whatever yeah because we don't have the opportunity to look through that stuff anymore you know I don't, I don't have any of that stuff yeah so if i can get if i can capture some of these neat things that whether they're neat to other people, what that's that's up to them to figure out. I think it's neat, mm-hmm. so I think it's important to capture that stuff for for myself, for the for our family, and for kind of our legacy. Yeah, yeah. and we can live it. We we are living in a time where we can do that. Even yeah. you know, we, we were born in the '80s. Like, there's no videos of when we were like one through three or four or five years old doing shit. Like, but I have tons of videos like of right. I have a video of my son coming out. Like I was catching yeah. him, you know, cool. um, cause like a birth center. So she was just like up on this, like these parallettes and, or the seat or whatever. And he was just dumped out, you know, like yeah. it's heard, you know? So <laughs> like we have video of that. We have video yeah. of them at two days old. Like they can go back and look at that. Like, God, that's fucking weird. Like I was this little, this little piece of meat that came out, you know, but we don't have that. Our grandparents didn't have that. It was just, yeah. It's all just like stories, you know. So well, really, my, my really phone weird. is ninety percent my kids' pictures and right. videos of my kids. Which one of these days they're gonna look like you were saying? I wish I had that to look back on when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Or I wish I had audio or video of my mom and dad when they were my age. So that's a that's yeah. a big. We've never assumed that people would give two shits about what we're doing. That's yeah. not why we're doing it. Yeah. yeah. We're doing it because we're living a lifestyle, and the meat that we sell is a byproduct of that lifestyle. Yeah. That allows us, like selling that meat allows us to do the cycle one more time. Mm-hmm. It's like the momentum builds at the bottom. We come back up and we get to do it again. And every time we do that, I feel like we're strengthening our family. We're strengthening our community. And hopefully we're putting something out there into the, you know, meteoric strat- stratosphere that other people can pick up on and like see some positivity in the way we live our life. And maybe, maybe we inspire other people to mm-hmm. do cool stuff. 
whether it's like cattle ranching or starting a podcast or mm-hmm. you know mowing straight lines in your backyard whatever it is that you feel like doing yeah it's just it's comforting to know like there's other people that are pushing it and yeah getting yeah. out there and doing their thing yeah well you, i mean you guys is your social media your instagram has a big following yeah really big following and it's there is a a need for that out there in the world people want to see especially people who don't live that lifestyle yeah they want to see and then what, who's the other guy that buster fearson or frierson buster Frierson. Yeah, yeah i love following his he's yeah, always he's posting posting his just his daily work yeah. but people who aren't involved in that lifestyle can go look at that and kind of be involved even if they can't really be involved and i think that's probably one reason your guys is has become so successful is you're not trying you're posting what you guys are doing day to day we i mean we've got a very talented person behind the camera mm-hmm. and i think that absolutely helps yeah for sure um and then when it comes to you know writing the script or the copy or whatever you know i look at every piece of that mm-hmm. um and it's it's we don't none of it's contrived it's just what we're doing yeah so yeah. And i think i guess you know people can pick up on that and it's just real, mm-hmm. you know. And there's all kinds of stuff that we don't post that we're, yeah, like we just don't have enough time to yeah. capture every little thing, you know. Yeah. So Speak- there's other things going on there. Speaking of Buster Fry, are you guys are getting involved now with with Bison Union and stuff? Is that what I said? We are involved. Yeah. Which I fucking love, Burnt yeah. Coots. Yeah. I've I've been following that guy forever. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I mean, Kevin both have been following that guy for a long time. And I, I listen to his podcast as well, and I, I just like what he's about. Seems yeah. like seems like a really good dude. Yeah, Bert's great. Um, he and I click, you yeah. know, we click. Yeah. He's a, he's a serious guy, but he likes to have fun. And, mm-hmm. and more than anything, like he wants to live his life the way he wants to live. So he and I speak that same language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, he's doing great things and it's a, that's an easy, that's an easy thing for he and I to do. So yeah. he's got the passion for the bison. We're obviously doing the cattle and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're honored that he would pick us to, to be the, the company to push that, the meat sales end yeah. of it. So he and I talk all the time. Yeah, I've, I, I just I like what he's about. That's yeah. another dude I'd like to talk to someday. He's he seems like a cool dude. Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah, totally. So we got a lot of cool things coming up with uh, with the bison and and the people. the The market is responding phenomenally to that. Mm. So I just think it's another piece that people are intrigued by it, and they know how special bison meat is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the added value of you know Bert, Bert and bison union company itself has a a very loyal fan base following mm-hmm. you know he's super genuine with people yeah and they know that so mm-hmm. that's why people like that yeah that's yeah. Uh, yeah i saw you guys were getting involved with them and like that looks like a good match from yeah just from knowing you guys from social media yeah like that i think that's gonna be a good match for yeah. sure no that's good meat too yeah oh the meat's awesome the bison meat is yeah. really yeah. good Honestly, yeah. the best meat I've had still, it's probably just the moose. You know, my father-in-law lives, you know, Fairbanks, Alaska. That's where I was stationed. So he has a, built his little hunting cabin actually just a couple of years ago, but he used to just go out on RV or whatever in September and just go shoot moose. And man, yeah. that, just that free range, you know, just mm-hmm. moose out in the wild. That tastes so good. Well, you know, and if you don't like it at first... You will by the end of it because there's yeah. so much of it to go through. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, because, what was, what yeah. was the meat you get? You gave me. You, I gave you was moose, it caribou moose and because yeah, because he does caribou first <clears throat> and does the moose, and then like yeah, and then June or July goes to Valdez in the little cape. You do the salmon, go out, do the yeah. halibut. 
So we have salmon, halibut, caribou, mm-hmm. moose, just enough for, you know, the entire year. Well, the meat That's you gave phenomenal. me was delicious. It was. Yeah. I think I made, it was like ground caribou and I mixed it with beef. And yeah. Mixed it, and man, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a pretty cool trick with, uh, with wild game, mm-hmm. you know, especially for people that are just starting to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, you know, taking one, a little bit of your other, one of your other favorite cuts or ground mm-hmm. products and mixing it in. Yeah. It's it, a great way to do it. And I, I had never cooked caribou before. I've cooked wild game, which they're all kind of similar, but I'd never cooked caribou. So mixing it with the with the beef, it was it was good. Yeah. Made some good burgers out of that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what humans should be doing, you know? Yeah. Humans have been surviving off of proteins like that for tens of thousands, you know, forever. Yeah. So Yeah, and it's I, it's critical. And yeah. I, I know people who are vegetarian and vegan and it's like, eh, good on you, I guess. But hey, that's just not, not, not for everybody's me. designed to be a killer, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hell, I know I know one dude who Paul Sharp, yeah, he is a damn killer, and he's—you he, would never think that the guy's a vegetarian. He's a longtime black belt in jujitsu. Yeah, he was a cop in Chicago for like twenty something years. Yeah, and I think he's either—I don't know if he's vegan or I think he's just vegetarian. It's just yeah, just because he—he he has. But it was a health a health thing reaction. he had. Yeah, migraines or something. Well, that's that's an interesting thing. I mean, I think a health related stuff. I think people really got to learn how to, you know, interpret the messaging from their own bodies, mm. and I think. Because we're getting less and less of you know, the manual labor, we're not forced to listen to our bodies the way that we used to. Mm-hmm. So people are sitting in the chairs and they're in the office, they're sitting yeah. in their cars, commuting. Thing they're not pushing and testing, and and really pushing the limits with the the physicality and the physical nature of our human body. And and, the, and then you don't have to listen to your body much because you're just not doing shit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You I can't, think you I can't, think when you yeah. make your body sore you become more in tune with what it needs and yeah. the foods that's required to heal your body properly, sleep, you know, all that other stuff. But I'm getting away from that because people don't do as much physical stuff. So, yeah, but, I mean, working out's great. Um, you know, yeah. hunt, hunting, fishing's great. But when you're, when you're working a job, 8, 10, 12 hours, 60, 70 hours a week, I mean, that's, that's way more than, you know, working out three times yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. Your well, body, your body conformation like changes. Yeah. Your your whole demeanor changes, and there's all kinds of changes that take place. Yeah, when you yeah, uh, work manually, your endocrine system has to adjust you're on the cellular level. Everything's being tested. Yeah, so you have to strengthen your immune system, yeah. right? But if you're not testing any of it, you don't have none of those part. None of that, you know, biology has to adapt or change. Yeah. Your endocrine system doesn't adapt. The cells aren't, you know pushing down cancerous cells and preserving good cells, just like, you know, people try to do in fasting. Right. But you get that out of doing manual labor outside as well. No. And then you get the vitamin D outdoor, fresh air, you sleep better. You got more of an appetite. I think everything's manual labor is getting lost in the younger generations. Like the company I work for, I'm, I've been the youngest guy there since I started there and I've been there for seven years. I think we, we did hire a guy younger than me this past year, but like my generation younger, they're not doing that type of work, truck driving, manual labor, any, it's just not, it's like a lost thing. I know the truck driving school I went to, they shut it down because the enrollment was so low, which is insane to me. Cause if you have a CDL, you can get a job damn near anywhere. It's a good thing to have. Well, I I keep threatening that that'll be my retirement career. Yeah. I'm I'm a damn good truck driver. I'd get one of those little hot shot rigs and like drive people's boats across the country. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, just like and jam out to the Doobie Brothers and stuff. Yeah. There's no better place to learn how to drive a truck than a ranch. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where oh, I learned. That's, that's one of the things. That's why we're doing it. <clears throat> yeah, you that's know, where we're I trying learned to, how to do we're it. We're trying to reinsert those 
like super common core values of physicality and mm-hmm. like and not not to mention the confidence building that it does at a young age and kids that are like yeah i know how to buck bales i know how to back up and mm-hmm. hook up a trailer yeah. yep I know how to drive the truck in the, out in the field. I know how to start the four-wheeler, fill it up with gas. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, that that is the lifestyle. Yeah. And that that is why we have Mountain Prowl Meat Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The meat is a direct byproduct of that lifestyle that we want to live. And yeah. It, those meat sales, it just allows us to get, you know, do that cycle one more time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I didn't grow up on a ranch, but I ended up working on one when I was 18. And I kind of knew how to drive a little bit. My dad was a truck driver. I grew up around that. But there's nothing like hooking up a loading chute behind you that has one axle. And you have to back that thing in somewhere. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And I really learned how to get shit into tight spots in weird conditions. I mean. Yeah, nobody's there to bail you out. Exactly. Like it's all you. And now like at my job, I, I drive a full semi and. To me, it's, I don't want to sound cocky, but it's nothing. I'll pull a trailer and back it in anywhere, and I'll have other drivers that have been driving longer than me be like, how in the hell do you... I'm like, this is nothing. The things I've done backing on a ranch or even my last job, which was hauling lumber and stuff on job sites. Yep. Those, this, get, those get tricky. Oh, hell yeah. And muddy. Yeah. And slanted. And, and we, we, had those, uh, yeah. we had those Moffat forklifts. They hooked yeah. to the back of the trailer, yep. and we'd unload our own thing. And there's some tight situations there. You get the, I know all about you it. You got the eye joist and all that on there. Yeah, you don't want to hit the house and like have things fall mm-hmm. over while it's being built. And they have all these rules like you don't go over cars. You don't. It's like that's you're not going to get this shit on the job site if you're not going over people. It's yeah, it's impossible. Try no. to get a whole siding crew to move their vehicles. Yeah, right. They're so like, I don't make money moving my vehicles. I make yeah. money up on the scaffolding, banging yeah. siding. Yep. And then yeah. most time they see you go over their car with fifty foot eye joists. They're gonna be like, oh shit, I'm moving my car. Yeah, but, they'll get the picture. Yeah, but no. Yeah. So having those situations taught me to do what I do. And now my job seems like a breeze because I'm backing into loading docks that are made for big trucks. It's, it's super easy. Yeah. And I think that's kind of something we've touched on on here a million times is the hard times, any hard, the harder shit is the easier things are going to seem down the road. Yeah. It's calculated hardship, man. Yeah. Like, especially with kids, you don't want to push them too hard to where you're creating trauma, Mm -hmm. but some of that, that gentle trauma, if you want to call it that, it's calculated hardship. Yeah, yeah. All you're doing when you're doing that is you're strengthening their foundation. You don't want to, you don't want to take a 16 pound, you know, sledgehammer and smash the foundation, get a big crack in there because that's going to damage the structure. Yeah. Of, you know, but to calculated hardship that'll create character and and really, it, it does good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basic you know? basic stuff. Like I think my daughter was five. When she started coming out and helping me, like in my last house, it was just massive. You know, that pawn and take care of all these fucking mature trees. And it's like, okay, get up, brush your teeth, come out, like, and help me rake up leaves or pick up leaves, pull these weeds and, or plant trees, whatever. Like she always helped me do it versus like, Hey, wake up, fuck your teeth, go eat some cereal or some ice cream for breakfast and just run around and watch watch YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, you're not you're you're hindering a child's character development by doing that. Yeah. It's not trauma, which I feel like we're getting so soft. People are people would say the way I raise my children is abusive. Yeah, like but that, why cuz I'm making you get up and brush your fucking teeth first thing and come <laughs> do something physical. That's your prerogative as a father. Yeah. Like that's where you go back to stay in your own garden. Yeah. One life per customer. Like, yeah. that's up to you, man. That that is your that's entirely your right as a parent. Well, yeah. to raise the kids the way you want. Your daughter too. She grew up 
the whole beginning of her life in your gym. Oh, that's yeah. another thing kids don't get to experience. No, I, he he owned a CrossFit gym, and yeah, you it was cool because it was a family environment. I took my son; he was in his in his little carrier, and I'd yeah. take him in there and set him up on a box for box jumps, and he'd just pass out while we're dropping weights, and and he'd sleep through anything, and he still does because yeah. he was kind of conditioned there, desensitized to mm-hmm. that madness. But his yeah. his little his little girl, man, she was just running all over the damn gym and having the time of her life. But watching yeah. watching her her parents and everybody else try to better themselves. And I, that's, I think that's good for kids to see. Yeah, their, great. Yeah. It's want, good for them to yeah. see their parents try to do better in anything. And then, and then when they get a little older, you can say like, all right, there's four, <clears throat> there's four trash cans in this building. I want you to find them all and show me that you've emptied all the trash cans. Yeah. You know, make it a competition. And then mm-hmm. somehow, um, when I was growing up that, that was instilled in us. Like we were, we were rewarded for working hard. Yeah. And not not monetarily or with like toys or gifts or anything, but just like affirmation. Yeah, you know, and that was the biggest reward. I think that's the biggest thing you can do for kids is give them give them calculated chores to do, and mm-hmm. you know, get them get them out there and a little bit out of their comfort zone as they continue to age into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. just keep kind of upping the ante, and before mm-hmm. you know it, they're going to be super confident, super super capable, and just awesome human beings. Yeah, yeah, know? teach them yeah. work ethic. Yep. We, my older son, we did that with the whole COVID shit. Everything was shut down. It was right towards the tail end of his school year when this all kicked off in March last year, whatever it was. And so he's home with nothing to do. And so I was like, well, and he's always been, you know, you tell him to, you have to tell him to do something a million times. He's 13 years old now. And so we set a chore list and he's really good with following lists. He's really good at that. If you give him a task, he'll get it done, but you might have to ask him a few times. So we gave him some incentive. We're like, okay, if you do, you pick up dog poop, you get a dollar. You do the dishes, you get 50 cents, whatever. We just gave him these. It wasn't much money, but it was. It will add up. And we explain that to him. If you do all these every day, it's going to start adding up. I've never seen that kid work so hard because he wanted to buy a uh, some video game thing. We said, if you want to buy it, you earn the money to buy it. Yeah. And he did, man. He It got to a point where he was, that's all he was doing was working. And he'd be like, I picked up dog poop twice today. It's like, no, wait, wait, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, I was falling a dog around. Was <laughs> once shitting. a day, once a day, but no, but he got to work it. And now every day he gets up, he does his things. He does his class. He's doing online schooling, but as soon as that's done, boom, he's on chores. And no. he learned a little bit of a work ethic and that's, that's super important for kids to learn. It is. I think one of the coolest thing with kids to, uh, to build their confidence level is it, it, like doing the, doing the allowance and the chores for some cash I think is good because it's always getting you can teach them how to manage money and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. but then when you give them accolades to another adult you're, you're like speaking to another adult so you have somebody over for dinner and like oh i'm really proud of my son because he you know mm-hmm. he's super capable of doing this and he's not in his bedroom he's in the room you're not addressing yep. him but he's listening but he he know he can hear yeah and that's when they start like building that pride and mm-hmm. they take ownership over yeah, um, big, big time. Contributing to the family and that you know that adult atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we just did the same thing with him with his his school. He just finishes this most recent quarter. And my I think my wife had told him if you get I think eighty six percent and above in every class, he really wants to dye his hair. That's like his thing. He's like, <laughs> and for about three years he's been saying, I want my hair lime green. We're like, we're not dyeing your damn hair lime <laughs> green. My wife made the deal with him. If you get eighty six percent and above in every class, you can dye your hair green. We got his grades day before yesterday 
straight A's <laughs> across the board. Damn. It's like, damn it, he's about to have lime green hair, but we told him he could, so we're wow. going to stick to it. Well, once he doesn't like it, you can shave it off for yep. him, too. Yeah. Yep, and we let <laughs> yeah. him dye like, the front of it red one time before. It's like, whatever, let, let him have fun with his hair lime green. I'm like, eh, he's online school anyways. I guess he's not going anywhere, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think it's important though for. That's another thing is to when you tell your kids something, stick to it. Yeah. Sh- show them that consistency. To be a person of your word, you know. Yeah. So. I, I walked out to the garage area. No shit. Vivian's doing her little workout. She mm-hmm. had. She was doing like five. She wrote it down. Like I think she spelled some of it wrong, but like she's like five rounds of like trying to do pull ups. But she's. I mean, she's eight and she's as big as at least a ten year old. So she's kind of heavy. Um. Like, she's built like me. She's probably going to be as tall as me. Yeah. Like, you know, she just looks like whatever. So she's trying to do pull-ups, and she popped down. She did, like, jump ropes, and she was doing burpees. And then followed <laughs> that up with, like, bo- little box jumps, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I just she's walked trying. up to her, and she's just fucking doing it. I didn't say to do that. Yeah. Like, I was in doing homework. I'm like, God damn, that's impressive. That's like, cool. Yeah. So it's – it's it, I can tell it's rubbing off. Like, take the initiative. Go do something. Don't just sit around. And she does that. Like, don't wait around for someone to give you direction because – there's a point in your life where you're going to miss that direction. You're not going to get it anymore. You got to, you got to provide your own op order to do something. So I like that a lot. I think it's good for people to grow up with having that gym out there in your garage. Like I didn't grow up seeing my parents do other than the work they did, their jobs, any physical, like they never went to the gym. They didn't do shit. Right. So I had never had the, the ethics to get into a gym until I got older and went to your gym. Mm -hmm. And so like now we have a full gym in our garage and my kids use it. And I think that's it's if you can provide that, not everybody can, but yeah, absolutely. If you provide them something physical to do, you can provide an old fucking tractor tire though in a sledgehammer, yeah. or, or you can you know push them to do school athletics and get yes. in a weight program at yeah. school and all that. Yeah, yep. I mean, we yep. put we put our older son in jujitsu a couple of years ago. No, oh, that's great. And he's he's autistic, and his big thing is social stuff. Mm-hmm. He has a real hard time with being social, and he's super high functioning. He's lucky. I mean, we're lucky. He's he can get through his day. Some kids can't, but his thing is like social awkward, really. So, and he doesn't like people he doesn't know being close to him. Well, that'll break that real Jiu-jitsu. quick. Jujitsu. <laughs> and the first first little while was rough. It was pretty yeah. rough. But he got to a point where he was excelling in it because he was learning. But he was getting more comfortable with with the other kids being on top of him and their sweats dripping on him. And and even people who aren't autistic, some have a hard time with that. And, yeah. And but putting him in that situation, he got he got better, and it also made other things in his life easier. For sure. And now he's doing a running club. They're supposed to run like a 5K by the end of it. They're all a bunch of kids run through our neighborhood. No, that's, those are great things for kids. Yeah, man. It's, it's, and I, I could sit and talk about my kids all damn day, but it's just important to give them hard things to do and also to see their parents doing hard things, I think. And that's, we've talked about that on here. Us starting this podcast, to me, I'm like, I'm glad my kids see me doing this because it was a dream of mine to do. And I'm fucking going for it. Yep. How are you doing it? Yeah. 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 And there's follow through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they pick all that stuff up. Yeah, they, yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's I've probably said plenty of things I didn't follow through with either. But this is one thing I'm like, okay, I really want to do this. I want my kids to see me try to succeed at this. Yeah. And they're seeing it. And it's funny because my older son I was talking about, he's trying to give me tips on how to do my YouTube and stuff because kids know that shit. Oh yeah. And I'm like, shit, he might be right about that one. It's 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 kind of cool though. Yeah, they it. they know it for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's good for your kids to see you doing something you're passionate about. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I forgot. I have to assume that no one listening <clears throat> knows what type of uh, meat your pro your 
your pro- racing and processing. So can we go into a little bit on type of animals, you know, if bison, cows, what type, I mean, no, there's what Highland, thir- right? Yeah. Highland. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we raise American Highland cattle at, at our ranch properties and, um, we were super deliberate about that. And obviously we, I'd, I'd raise whatever kind of cattle cause it provides you with the lifestyle the responsibility, mm-hmm. the work, the chores, like the activity, you know, I, I could, I'll never retire because I'd go crazy doing that. So, mm-hmm. but you know, we had the, we had the option obviously to pick a breed that we wanted to raise and that we get back to that passion thing. Like if you're, if you're doing something out of passion that it requires less motivation as far as I'm concerned. So, um, the American Highland cattle were just, uh, we're drawn to them because they're super beautiful. Mm-hmm. They got really mm-hmm. unique personalities. They got these massive fucking horns that come out of their head. So they got like two sabers that you got to watch out for all yeah. the time. <laughs> so I'm not into doing stuff that's easy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anybody can do the easy stuff. Like, if we're going to raise cattle, I want them to have weapons on their head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to watch your back and. Yeah. You, it makes you slow down. It makes you really think a lot more. You gotta, you gotta hold the animal in, in much higher regard. I mean, you you'd hold any animal in high regard, but you're doing that out of self-preservation. So you stop, and you're very, it makes you be much more thoughtful about everything. And it's interesting because it, it actually spreads their, you know, makes their head bigger, and you can read a lot of their body language through mm-hmm. their horns and like how they're how they're carrying themselves and. So, and, and then obviously the, um, you know, people that have tried the meat, it's the Highland, the Highland beef is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've never it's, tried it's, Highland. Well, you'll be getting some. <laughs> I like to um, hear that. Yeah. It's, it's not commercially raised because of the horns and because of the thick fur, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fur becomes an issue when you're putting, you know, 50 head of cattle on a cattle pot. And mm-hmm. they're and they're you know making each other messy on the drive to the, the feed yard or the slaughter yard, so that that then in turns make makes the uh, processing facility much more messy and mm-hmm. E. coli and down and down the line with like trying to maintain a, a clean and healthy facility in terms of like bacteria and things like that. So um, that's one of the reasons they're not really used in commercially, you know, big commercial beef operations. Mm-hmm. And, and the horns, you know, when you load them on a trailer, they have the ability to hurt each other. So you can't put as many on a trailer. When they get off the trailer, they can poke each other, stab each other, hurt hurt the cowboys, hurt the horses, hurt the anybody mm-hmm. handling the animals. So it's not used as commercial beef because of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why we like it. I mean, it truly is a heritage breed of cattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we want to promote the breed. So the best way to promote the breed is to sell the meat and, yeah. and allow people to consume it. And that'll help the herd grow over time, which we want to promote that. So they are beautiful too. Like I, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I think you were posting the calves, little, yeah. little mm-hmm. furry little, I was like, Oh man, those things are cute. Yeah. As shit. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're about halfway through our calving season right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. When do, when do you guys brand? What time of year? Uh, we'll, we'll brand, uh, about the second week of May. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we the ranch I used to work on, we always branded in like the end of June. It seems so fucking late because they were big. Yeah, I remember that. Well, Real big. Well, with us, we got to just <clears throat> they we don't brand all of them. Mm-hmm. We we give them all ear tags, obviously. But then sometimes when they're up in the forest rooting around, mm-hmm. the the ear tags will fall out. Yeah. So we typically don't put our mamas up in the real wild country because they're our most valuable. We don't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. So. 
So we typically will set aside a, a herd of our cattle, typically the steers, and any of the animals that are going to go up in that wilder country. That they'll we'll just give them the brand and then keep the mm. keep the brand off the other ones. That yeah. way they're not going through something they don't need to go through and it's less work for us yeah so yeah not every one of them gets branded and it's it's not like we're running black angus so they're mm-hmm. pretty like if a cow gets out and it's you know on, on a neighbor's property three miles four miles away they know it's ours yeah yeah because yeah. we're the only ones yeah. around that have them uh-huh. so they're already kind of branded mm-hmm. you know just yeah. out of the sheer yeah, difference true. difference of the breed so that makes it quite a bit easier but mm-hmm. they the cattle love the high country in the summer yeah yeah, they need that. They need that fresh air they and do. that ice cold mountain water and all mm-hmm. the mountain grasses and the you know, hanging out with the elk and the mule deer and the bears and the mm-hmm. mountain lions and all that stuff. So Yeah, yeah, we uh yeah. we did like I said, it was a late branding and those calves were big and me being a big guy, I was always on the damn ground crew. Yeah. Mugging calves, you know. Yeah, and me too. I always joked and called them full grown calves because these things were fucking big, man. Yeah. And yeah, we we had, you know, one guy on horseback throwing a rope, but you still got to get him to the ground. And yeah, we'd we'd always be on the ground crew. And you know, by the end of the day, you're just beat to shit. Yeah, people but... don't understand how how strong <clears throat> an oh, animal on four legs is until yeah. they've tried to wrestle Dude, one. Yeah. Of them. Yeah. Yeah, the the country we ran on here, it's all like high desert. Yeah. So uh but during the summer we'd go up north up up in the mountains up there we had some property up there yeah, and, and fuck I, lo- I i would live up there part of the year and i'm oh, that's I'm, that's the biggest thing i miss about working on the ranch that's beautiful oh there. man and i was up there for hunting season too and Pri- it looks it looks property. way different than the country back where we're at <clears throat> yeah i was actually, just different looking. i was gonna ask you so this your first time here you said uh to to this town to yes. boise yeah. how are you liking yeah. it yeah it's great yeah it's clean it, it's it is well organized it is it's Boise's. A, I heard it's growing <clears throat> a man, lot this last year. It's growing. It's it's been growing since we were kids, nonstop. Yeah. But the last, I'd say, five years, it's exploded. Yeah. I think they said uh, five years ago it was like 110 people a day. I um, I mean, more than that. Just to get in, just to get into an entry level apartment here, you like their entry levels are like 1250 a month. Um, you know, you have to have like credit of like 600 up. You know, background check, obviously, you had to make yeah. three times the amount. That's just for a fucking apartment. Yeah. Unless, you that. know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's exponentially grown. I think the population of Idaho was like 750,000 when we were growing up, and it's like 1.8 million right now. Well, wow. where, we're, where we're sitting right now, what, five years ago, this was all farmland. All of it. Yeah. Well, maybe we should stop talking about how fucking awesome it is <laughs> no here. Shit. It's, uh, the secret's out, this man. Place, <laughs> no, I, this place is a shithole. I, yeah. yeah I'm, tra- I'm transparent. We are probably the only people from Idaho that live in this neighborhood. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's there's. Yeah. I think I've met one other family that's from here. That's fucking crazy. And like neighbors on both sides. I mean, we got people from Colorado on one side, people from yeah. which they've been here quite a long time, but I think they're originally from Arizona. Oh. Well, and, I, I think this phenomenon is happening all throughout, though. It, yeah, I mean, even in, even our area. Yeah, in the, in the time that we've you know been on the ranch property, it's it's really gotten quite busy around where we're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, mean, I think that's happening everywhere. So oh, it's people it's, are sick of California. They're sick of New York. They're sick of New Jersey. Well, it's like fuck it, get out. You, know? you get like this older generation of people, Idahoans that are from here, and they are salty as shit about people coming here, which I get. But I like living here. Why the fuck wouldn't somebody else want to live here too? It's well, a nice. It place. is a free country. It is yeah. for the moment. It is, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> for the moment. And like where we're sitting right now it was all farmland. You head uh, north from here. It's called Eagle Road. It's 
one of our big, biggest, busiest roads, Eagle and Fairview. It's an intersection. Mm-hmm. That's the busiest intersection probably in the state. Mm-hmm. Wow. When I was a kid, I used to be in rodeos, mutton busting right there. Yeah. Now, now really? there's, a, there's a Krispy Kreme <laughs> and a Red Robin oh, and man. a big shopping center. And when I was... That's a sign of getting old. Oh, man. When you can like drive around and be like, I remember when there yeah. used to be cattle in this field. Yeah. And, and there's and a, a, this used to be a dirt road. <laughs> yeah. We're doing that where we're at now. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. There's like roundabouts going in and... yeah. There's the Starbucks and well, actually, there's you know. speaking of roundabouts. There is a roundabout just like a mile down the road here. And years ago, there was a house on the corner there, and man, that guy fought tooth and nail to keep his property. Yeah, I know about that. I drove over that when I came here. <laughs> <laughs> I just drive through them. Yeah, <laughs> but there, there was a house, and man, that guy held on for a long. I remember he had signs in his yard saying they're trying to steal my property. Yeah. It was, Dude, it the, was an ongoing battle Those roundabouts, I think my uncle calls those uh, liberal intersections. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's yeah. like, fuck those liberal intersections. We, we call it the vortex. Yeah. Like, once you get in the vortex, you're just going to spin out the other side. Yeah, those are really new to hear. Like, we never had roundabouts until the past couple of years. I think that was the first one. Maybe it was like a trial run. It's a sign of the times, over. brother. Yeah. yeah. Things are changing. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're not French. Fr- <laughs> I, I feel bad for those old timers, though. They're like hanging on. Yeah. They're fighting for their way of life. They go through all that stress and they're like taking years off their life. Yep. And it's like, it's inevitable. What's yeah, it's, happening? Like you can't change it. Yeah, and you can fight it. Like I said, but that, you're gonna so you're gonna pay the price yeah. internally. Yeah, that stress and like that guy fought it for a long time. Up until actually, when we moved in here, we bought this house just over a year ago. The house was still there. Yeah, it's not there today. Oh man, and that was back when I was working on the ranch because we would take that road out to the slaughterhouse uh-huh. out yeah. here, Amity Road. And back then, when I was working on the ranch, I'd drive by it all the time. And he had yep. all his signs up. They, don't don't let this roundabout go in. Roundabout went in. Part of his property is gone, and now he's it's gone. I think they're building houses there. Yeah, it's it's sad. It is sad. But it's it, like a tough said, thing to see with the old older folks. Yeah, they worked hard yeah. their whole lives. Yeah. My my grandpa. Things are changing. When they a build, don't want when, it. when a builder and a land developer wants your shit, they're gonna get your shit. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, my my grandpa had a big cattle ranch back when I was real little, and long before that. And it's a town called Eagle here. And when I was a kid, I remember he had already sold some of it and there was houses going up, but he still had like his original ranch house, a little bit of property. I remember going out and riding on the four wheeler. I was really young. He ended up selling that off too. Uh, when he died, he lived in this little tiny house. He had an old Lincoln town car. We didn't realize how much damn money he had from that property he sold. <laughs> After he died, I think my... My dad, my they're good at hiding aunt. it. Oh, yeah. my, my dad, my aunt, and my uncle each got a big chunk of change, which I never saw any of, and I never will. But we never, we never knew because he he would live so modestly. He was just That's great little old man. I, never I applaud know. those people. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because you just you become a slave to that material stuff mm-hmm. in your life and. It, it can take you over. It yeah. can consume you. That's, that's that's a fact. My father-in-law. I mean, yeah, he put some money into his land by building his hunting cabin and a sauna out there and everything. Very modest home and vehicles. And he's retired again because he retired from the army and he just retired from the jail. And he's 60 now. And he was saying the other day that <clears throat> he has never touched his uh, army retirement. Wow. He all goes in like, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> And he's got about, I don't know, at least $100,000 worth of weapons. It's like, man, like, it would have been a cool inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> I was like going through a divorce right now. Yeah, like, yeah. that would have been cool. Yeah. Damn. Oh, uh, shit. Um, so what are your what are your plans in the future with your company? You guys, oh, I'm we, sure you're... Yeah, we've got a lot of really great ideas. 
you know, if we could all multiply ourselves, that'd be super helpful. Um, it's, it's hard to find the right people in our Valley for work. Mm. It, it's tough. You know, we've been blessed to have, uh, the crew that we have, um, a lot of the, a lot of the guys helping to work the ranch kind of, they've kind of grown up on the ranch at this point, you know, they started mm-hmm. when they were super young and so they've been through every phase of everything. So, but yeah, we've, we've got, uh, we've got some good ideas, you know, we want to start a canine dog food line. Mm. Um, that'd be super easy. In fact, I've got a lot of the, the design work done on that. It's just a matter of like getting it into production and sales and mm-hmm. all that. And then we, we really want to expand the provisions side of the company you know spices and rubs and yeah sauces and things like that i think Ooh. it i think it makes good sense yeah i think people would be interested in that for sure yeah and then we're gonna you know as i was saying with the media side of what we do it's all just we kind of started that not for public consumption but like all right we have it let's mm-hmm. get it out there so but we're, we're thinking about doing some other things um you know and just pushing out a little bit more of the knowledge that we've gained over the past, you know, several years, Mm -hmm. almost a decade now. And, uh, and turn that into some type of forum where we can kind of start to push out some of the things that we've taught ourselves and lessons that we've learned. And I think people would tune into that in whatever form, you know, we got to figure out what forum that would be, whether it be written or podcast. Yeah. Something like that. Or do do like a little, uh, reality tv show dude like the real yellowstone <laughs> yeah like the, people are getting killed every day yeah. <laughs> hey i yeah. like that i like that show. it was a good show but i can't <laughs> it, believe it's how, entertaining yeah. i can't believe how dramatic it was yeah. you know it's, you, you'd be a good guy to talk about it. there was some have you have you watched yellowstone yeah there was some things like little details they got right yeah yeah, yeah. like down to they like, have to because they know that their audience are yeah dudes like me that are into you know, hanging out with cattle, yeah. and livestock, and driving trucks. Yeah, I mean, even down to like the clips for the fence. Yeah, and, uh-huh. yeah. and the fencing tool. And yeah. I'm like, shit, you don't usually see that, even if it's a movie straight about cowboys. You don't see the clips. You don't see the fencing tool. And they got so I was like, hey, not bad. They, they got that right. Not and then bad. there was there was some. It's it's like these military bullshit, movies. But, they get yeah. maybe maybe that'll be my next career. Yeah, I'll I'll be a uh, a movie production. <laughs> Yeah. consultant on, yeah, yeah. on ranching there you accuracy. Go. Well, that's you talk about that. Like, there's military movies that I'll watch, and I'm like, fuck yeah, these are so good. Kevin will watch them. He's fucking been there. I have it. And yeah. he's like, that's the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. Dude, my, the worst one is one of the most appraised movies ever made, The Hurt Locker. I'm oh, like, yeah. never, never in, never in fucking, as long as I'm alive, will you ever see a Marine or Army checkpoint with 50 cows let some dude in a car roll up on him without lighting up? Because everybody on there, you join the infantry because you're already fucked up in the head. You want to shoot somebody. <laughs> they don't let someone roll by. And then for some EOD guy just to put up a pistol and be like, I got this. Like, fuck you. Your yeah. army EOD, you don't matter. That's, like, <laughs> that's Hollywood for sure. Yeah. Dude. That was Catherine Bigelow, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, then, and then she got her shit a little bit more straight for uh, Zero Dark Zero Dark 30. 30. Yeah. yeah. the Because the, 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 the last scene when they're doing a raid, I felt like when I, as I was watching that, I was like, that's not bad because nothing ever goes right. They fucked up with the door. The explosions weren't fireballs. They were, you know, it was, you know, like when a grenade goes off or an RPG goes into a wall, you know, it's white smoke and a boom and there's fucking dirt everywhere. It's not like a fiery explosion. When people die, they don't just get shot once and fall down and die. Like (laughs) they're like, Oh fuck. You know, they're like yelling or screaming or they're pissed off or they're scared as they're bleeding out or they're crawling around. 
Or, you know, when people get blown up, there's dicks. There's dicks and, like, faces and shit on the ground. <laughs> yeah. People don't just get blown up and stay in one piece, you well, know? That, like That's an interesting aspect, another another part of what we think is, not the dicks, but the, <laughs> um, is the the life and death cycle. Mm, yeah. Is a, is a super important thing for humans to not lose a connection with. Yes, for sure. And, I, and that's one of the most valuable things that I think, you know, we've been able to experience at the ranch because we you know we're calving right now so we're Mm -hmm. seeing you know the fruits of our labor and the labor of the the mama cattle that are getting the calves on the ground and and on the other side of that like we've we've slaughtered animals Mm -hmm. for consumption at the ranch you know pigs cattle things like that and that's a that's quite an experience for people that have never been around that yeah Big time. You no, know, it's it's different than hunting. I don't know if you guys have ever read read any of the uh, the on killing or on combat books. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend that to your audience if they're trying to. Um, that's uh, Colonel David Grossman wrote those books, mm-hmm. and on killing on combat. I think in on killing he goes into like human beings' disconnection with death, yep. and you know, and he talks about the uh, the different effects that different types of killing have on soldiers, like obviously yeah. killing somebody with a knife or choking with your bare hands is, yeah, this is, is way more traumatic than like shooting a shooting somebody at a hundred meters or 500 meters or whatever. Yeah. It's like the, he listed like the four stages. It's the knife shooting at a hundred meters, yeah. um, seeing someone die by like shooting a mortar at them. And then right. the last one's like, uh, not seeing it. Like if you're an artillery yeah, strafing guy, or something like that. strafing. Yeah. 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 So, so killing livestock at the ranch is much different than hunting. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you're stunning them with the with the firearm first and then you're doing the knife work. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty intense and I think that's uh that's something a lot of people, you know, we've as a society we've we've lost track of that. We've pushed that into the back door of the store. And put you know a brick wall in front of it, mm-hmm. like that's that's bad. And the yeah, and the problem, the th- one of the things I, I dislike about I guess Hollywood is people associate someone who's done what I've done and think that I'm supposed to be some ghoul. Like they think I should be brooding all the time and some ghoul with no sense of humor. It's like I'm the goofiest mother. Like I fart on most podcasts. I don't care. <laughs> like they don't understand that people have done things like I have are this way. They think there should be some other way. And by with ranchers, they feel like you would be a certain way because you do what you do. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm still a regular person. My brain adapts very quick. That's why the humans have survived this long. We're in adaptable. fact, I'm more regular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm closer to what regular should be. Maybe yes, in my opinion, we are adaptable because, because yeah. we're around death. You yeah, know? we're around animals that you know. We had one calf. Last year, got stuck in a fence mm. and like struggled. Like we weren't, we weren't there in the middle of the night. Yeah, you know, and th- this shit happens. Yeah, struggled all night, exhausted himself, and like couldn't get out from the fence and died. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've had another. Um, you know, one of our bulls got out, and the the other bulls were super pissed, and they beat him to death. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just death at the ranch. Or you go out to the field, and I don't know if you've had this happen. I'm guessing you probably have. You find a calf that's been pushed out the wrong way. Oh, and yeah. damn near split in half. Yeah. And you walk up on that. That's an eye opener for people. Yeah. We've seen all that. We've seen mamas die from, from yeah. calf rearing or, you know, calf birth. We've obviously seen lots of dead calves. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think every person should have to 
safety involved at least once in pulling a calf. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm never forget my first time. I yeah. was like, you put your hands where you're doing, we're doing what here? Get and them then, in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you get used to that and then you realize yeah. it has to be done. And you get shit on but, too. Cause I, like I said, that was my experience. Oh yeah. Shit on. Well, like oh, I said, yeah. I didn't grow up around it. So when I started working on the ranch, all that was real new to me and it gave me a connection with, with food. Uh, you know, it's not for everybody, no. but it's definitely for me. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I fucking love it. That was man. favorite, like, best job I'm, I've ever had. I'm pushing everything that we're doing, like out of this bulging feeling of passion, like mm-hmm. straight out of my chest cavity. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. And I, I yeah. love to see and that. It, and we we want to bring people around and shoulder up with people in our organization that that have an understanding of what that is, and that yeah. that also have that feeling that passionate feeling mm-hmm. inside of them. It's like, if you can do that, like that's the, that's the biggest feeling of success to me. Yeah. It's just like, do like, is my heart feel empty and black or do I feel like I'm exploding in a positive way? And I have so much energy here that I got to push it into this business and, you know, push it into these, uh, the personnel and the people within the organization mm. and just get that, get that passion out there and let it drive everything that we're doing yeah and then it multiplies you know it's like infectious i say it's infectious people around yeah. you yeah it, get, it gets them motivated and pumped up I'm like yeah fuck i'm not yeah. saying i'm not an asshole <laughs> sometimes because i you know everybody's we're an all, asshole nobody's sometimes. perfect man like i got good days i got bad mm-hmm. days but i think for the most part i think we're we've got an organization that you know we gel mm-hmm. and we all have the same values and we're, we're all pushing for the same goal yeah, and that's the the health of the livestock, the health of the ranch property. It's a, that's an animal of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a living, breathing organism. Yeah, so there's a lot to keep going there, but pushing from passion, it's pretty easy. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, and that's what makes. And yeah, no, I would never call someone like I've worked in fields like that, like in tree business too. Um, you know, be guys that are ass kickers. It's like, you gotta be, you gotta, if you're driven and you're an ass kicker, you gotta have some asshole in you. Yeah. If you just wake up in a fucking, you know, you know, one of those fucking, I don't know, those one piece things, like a shaman. Yeah. Like at peace with the world, it's like, you're not gonna get anything done. You're not gonna get a single fucking thing done in your day. Yeah. Like, you gotta be an ass kicker and you've gotta be kind of an asshole. Have a little fire in you. Yeah, dude. Well, the big thing, I think it's, it's part of a man's job. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm speaking from that standpoint because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I want to be a good man, but it's part of part of your job as a man to like call people out. Yeah, and if they think you're an asshole because of it, you know they'll get over it. Yeah, but you got to be true to yourself and the, the values and the principles you have. And if you're not calling somebody out for their bullshit, whether it's in your personal life or at work, then you're not doing your job as a human being. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, just doing every and, and more people. Like if more people had friends or employers like that, I think the world would be a better place. Agreed. You know, and just like we're keeping, we're holding each other accountable. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, humility is huge, man. You gotta yeah. have it to be a, a strong person, or like I said, a man. If yeah, you don't have it, humility, you're just you're just faking. Well, you're, and and have the courage to admit when you fucked up. Yeah. Like hey, as hard as I had a be. hard week. I was, you know, I did did the wrong things this week, but I'm gonna try harder next week or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and just you know. Yeah, ask for help. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, shit, that's a good place to end it. I think. Okay. That was. I don't even know how long. We, yeah, we've been going over an hour. Cool. Well, we appreciate you coming. 
Thanks I mean, for having I, me. I know you drove all the way from Colorado just to do this podcast. <laughs> I, I drove all the way here to have that breakfast buffet. Dude. <laughs> Dude. And I, I told her we were coming back. I said I was in the restroom. So we're going to go back there and get some more. No, yeah. It slaps. Yeah. Sure. You, no, you came, you came to do stuff with Everly Stock. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. we're actually, we're supposed to be going down there two weeks. Talk to Glenn. Yeah. I think they mentioned that. Dude, I'm excited about that. That guy, interesting dude. They're mm-hmm. a great company. You know, I, I've been aware of them since I grew up here yeah. for a long time. I didn't really know what they were all about, though. I've driven by their building a million times. Yep. You can't forget the name, Eberly Stock. But I was, was when I was younger, I was like, what the hell, Eberly Stock? He was more aware of what their company is. Right. I think you said you applied there when you got out of the military. Yeah, well, I used their stuff, like in sniper school yeah. and stuff. I, was, oh, I really like this yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. yeah, I applied there with some real... I want to bring this up when I go in there, like... Do you have my resume and file somewhere? Because <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like I was going to get the job, but yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to be talking to talking to them in a couple weeks. That's no, cool. they're they're great Americans, great company. Um, they have surrounded themselves with uh, incredible people. Yeah, so it, it's it, a testament to how they're doing their thing. And seems like there's a great. few companies out there right now doing it right. You guys yeah. being one of them. Thank you. You got you guys. You got Everly Stock. Got Black Rifle, and. We're watching all these companies from the outside, you know, and I'm like, fuck, I like what these guys are doing. Yeah. And I, and like me and Kevin, we're like, we just want to be involved somehow. I want to be involved with these people because you all seem like really cool people, but good fucking people. And I think there's a lot of good people in this world and us being able to talk to them and let other people hear that there's not a bunch of shitheads out there running around. Well, it's important to share some of the stories of how things <clears throat> go down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I you got to talk about it. Yeah. Well, and doing this, I mean, it's been, We've met some really fucking awesome people. Well, you'll never... continue to. We'll we'll throw some folks your way, Dude, too. I, you. I like to yeah. hear it. I like to hear it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. And then what we got, Baker, later today. Okay. So, so hold on. Where can people yes, find Yes, where can people find you? Oh, yeah. Mountain Primal Meat Company um, on the web, mountainprimal.com. And then socials are at Mountain Primal. I think we've got a YouTube channel, MPTV. We're going to start adding more videos to that in the next 12 months or so. Awesome. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to get a page on the website and that can house some of these podcast, um, appearances and things like that. People cool. go back and hopefully they come and check out some of your other guests too. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Best of luck, gentlemen. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, sir. Good to see you. We Thanks appreciate you coming up.